On this episode of the Autumn Winbags, we give you a Tom Brady to the Raiders update. We unpack the entire quarterback market where Tom Brady fits and where potentially Derek Carr can be traded. Hunter Waller also getting traded? Mm, we'll discuss that as well. And we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There he is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Uh, going no hat. Got my hair cut today. So I thought, all right, show off the new do. Well, I still have some hair. That is not a dig at you, Soto. That is, that is generally how I think about it. I am shaved. I'm not bald. You I'm are shaved. bald. You are a bald male. I, you have I no hair on the top of your head. There's nothing I got the Uncle head. Phil going on. Yeah. So I wear my black on black on black Raiders hat every time I work UFC in case I'm on camera because it pisses off our producers that are all like Broncos, Chargers, and Pats fans, you know, representing Raider Nation. But I didn't wear it in Brazil this last weekend because it's like 100 degrees and like 100% humidity because it's, you know, south of the equator in summer. And we're in a 15,000 place arena with 15,000 screaming Brazilians and 100 degrees in there, right? So I just didn't want to wear a hat and sweat. I had no joke. Like two or three people come up to me. Be like, I've never seen you without a hat. This is so weird. I know. I feel weird. I feel naked. Speaking of naked, fucking Sanko, bro. God damn. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. She is a lady and you will treat her as such. No joke. Hey, when, when um, I, if and when I meet her, yes, I will. But right now, Jesus. No joke. Um... When I run into people and they find out what I do, I'm like, oh, I work television production and, or whatever. I get one of two questions way more than any other question. Not, oh, is Daniel Cormier big in real life? Who's your favorite fighter? You know, it's one of two things. Do you know Joe Rogan? And is Laura Senko as hot in person as she is on TV? And the answer to those questions are no and yes. And I'll let you guess the answer to each question. Entirely yeah, you know, considering uh, Joe Rogan's small sphere of influence, I think uh, maybe you know uh, Lauren Sanko. Joe Rogan has three cell phones. He has one for like immediate friends, family, very close business associates. He has a second phone for, hey, you want to come on my podcast? I kind of know you here. Let me give you my number. We can touch base later. And then he has just kind of like, if you have to fill in a phone number, you use that one. And he has, so he has three different phones with three different phone numbers based on how important you are on that list. That's absolutely ridiculous because all you need is a Google number. When you have a $100 million deal with Spotify, you're just like, I'm just going to get three cell phones. Just you so only can, like, need one. You only need one. Like, like I, have my, I have my phone, right? And it has my number. And then it has... The the gym number goes to it, mm. and then my business number goes to it too. It's the same freaking phone, and I know exactly who's calling or who's messaging me for which number because I have one from my actual phone, I have one from WhatsApp, and then I have one number through Google. So I know if it's ringing, I know it when it rings through Google, when it rings to WhatsApp, when it when it rings to my regular phone. That's just that's just fluff, bro. That's just fluff. Although. There was a kid in high school whose dad was a freaking player, mm -hmm. and he had two pagers. 
And he would always have these young ass girls. He was, I don't know, he was at the time, what we were maybe 15. So he was at least 35 ish or late 30s, early 40s. He had these banging ass chicks, like Instagram models, but like back then, like in like mm. the mid 90s, like you, you didn't see that back then. They were when they had to actually be strippers and couldn't just make money on the internet. Yeah. When like you didn't have BBLs back then, like if you wanted to have that body, you had to be born with it. Yeah. And I said, I said, I'm not going to say his name, but like, sir, like, why do you have two pagers? Like, listen here, young blood. This one's for the money. And this one's for, for the honey. honey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Well, I think, uh, I also think it's just sweet for Rogan to be able to be like, oh, I'll call you right now to make sure you have my number. And you can see which cell phone he picks up. You're like, oh, hell yeah. Primary phone. Nice. He's going to actually answer me. It's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll call you. And it goes to his like burner shit phone. Like, shit. Nice little, yeah, you do little subtle moves like that when you're a bajillionaire. That's excessive, but whatever. Um, Question of the day. We will put it down in the pinned on the comment section. Very curious. Very high stakes, important question of the day. We have all seen the baked potato lady from the Kansas City Chiefs game. She was found pulling out a baked potato out of her pocket at the Chiefs Jaguars game and eating said baked potato. I repeat, baked potato in pocket smuggled into the Chiefs Jaguars divisional playoff game. And then she ate it. So the question is, is she a hero or is that a crime? So what do you think? I don't know, man. I kind of dig it. So I just want to get some things straight here. This was a cooked potato, right? A baked potato, a cooked baked potato. Okay. So nothing, it looks like nothing in there, nothing on, no toppings, Raw just dog. a potato yep. that's probably boiled. So I have a lot of questions. Number one, was it buttered and salted on the outside? Uh, Upon further examination? Looks pretty plain. Looks very plain. Question. Was it wrapped in some kind of foil to keep it warm until she wanted to eat said potato? Because if you have a baked potato that went cold and then you eat it, that's pretty disgusting. But if it's still warm, I'm all for it. So... One of my favorite things on planet Earth, more than hearing my child's laughter, more than watching the Raiders win playoff games, more than pouring smiles on my brain. You still remember what that feels like? Drinking delicious whiskey, right? More than all those things. Way more. I feel way better about this than a normal human being should. One of my favorite things on planet Earth is sneaking booze into places where they super upcharge you to have booze there. Football games, concerts, fairs, high school football games, like any place where they're like, all right, yeah, you're not allowed to bring booze in, but it's $17 for a 12-ounce Miller High Life. Sneaking booze in there is one of the best feelings on planet Earth because you're getting a buzz and you're giving a double bird to the man who's like, oh, yeah, we can shaft these guys. We can charge what they want because they can't bring booze in. And you get the fun and excitement of sneaking something in. So it's like three great things all in one. And the same thing applies to food. Like we, I, I'm the oldest of six kids, right? So when all eight of us went to the movie theater, my no, mom no would way. pop our own popcorn. She'd be like, like the Capri and she'd bring Capri suns and not the juice boxes. Cause the Capri suns were like bladders. So you can hide them easier, right? Mm -hmm. They're not like you a cheek them. You can cheek them. 
Yeah, they're not like hard, hard items. You can just kind of like wedge in. It's a bag. Like, it's a bag. Bag, right? You can, it's easier to hide. And so, like that, because why? Movie theaters want to charge you eighteen dollars for seventeen cents worth of popcorn. So for her to be able to sneak in food to a place that's going to charge you twelve fifty for a stale hot dog, I salute you, young lady. Even if you are, this is the thing that can bring me and Chiefs fans together. Sneaking food into stadiums when you're not supposed to. I don't care if there's no salt. I don't care if there's no butter. I don't care if it got cold. You snuck in a delicious snack that's probably warm on a freezing day in Kansas City. And you said, screw you, Arrowhead Stadium. I'm eating on my dime and there's nothing you can do about it. She should have a cape. She is a hero. You know what I'm thinking? If she would have bought some nachos and dipped that potato in the oh, nacho cheese. Then it'd be, see, then it'd be worth it because you can be like, all right, I paid $13 for nachos, but really I paid $13 for a baked potato, potato and nachos. So it was like six fifty each, which is approaching reasonable. I think I might just travel around like normal everyday life with a baked potato on me. I mean, think about it, like that. I guess it was a, in uh, in Ireland in like the 1800s. There would have these potato carts or it'd be a cart and they'd sell potatoes on the street and it'd be during the winter time and just be like here here's a boiling hot baked potato from this hot cart and it would both be your meal and it would keep you warm because it's just like it's a giant potato that's 200 degrees and you know how long a baked potato stays hot it stays hot for like an hour like you gotta wait like 20 minutes before it's even edible so you just kind of you buy that thing you you hold it in your hands for a while you put it in like your little uh like your hoodie pockets you know you just put it in there and keep yourself warm for like 20 minutes. Then you have a delicious snack when it's ready. It keeps you warm as you're eating. It's a functional food. Perfect snack. Hey, I don't know how functional it is, but it is a good snack. And you just bite it. You don't need a knife and fork. You just you eat, it like a, you eat it like a burrito. Just take the foil, wrap the foil, down the hatch. Some, 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 some chile, some hot sauce actually would be pretty good. And the condiments is the one thing free at these stadiums. You go there, you get a little little salt, a little pepper, might even have butter. This is genius. This is a game-changing snack that she was caught on camera with. What's her name? Casey Potato Girl? We have to get her on Mrs. The show. Soto will be her name. You can convert her to a Raider fan, and you got the perfect girl. So you guys have heard our take on it. Jesus. Hero or criminal? Let us know in the comment section. This has been 10 minutes too long, I think. <laughs> I am so passionate about this. Like, beyond passionate about this potato girl. Super, dude, all the comments were like, oh, gross. What the hell? What's wrong with her? I'm like, it's a baked potato. Who doesn't yeah, like a I baked mean, potato? I love baked potatoes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And I love your idea. Like, get some not like the uh, at Wendy's, the value menu. God, that's get so the good. baked potato, 99 cents. And then you get the chili. 99 cents, yeah. pour the chili on Dude, the potato. Dude, Wendy's is so underrated, man. Best value menu in America. And their freaking drinks are good, too. Like, they have, like, this mango. Frosty's 99 cents. Dude, this Fries mango freaking cents. lemonade is delicious. All right, we got to wrap this show up because I'm getting hungry. I know. Uh, that, that's question of the day. Let us know. Comment section. I am. It'll be pinned. So I don't know if you heard about this, Soto. It's a crazy rumor. It's just now starting to spread. You may not have, you may not have your ear to the uh to the pavement but tom brady might be going elsewhere maybe the raiders the hell you say i know i'm very glad you were sitting down i didn't want you to pass out from shock because you were standing up but of course that's been the story for a while tom brady yeah. potentially 
we uh, we played the video of him uh, last show saying essentially goodbye to the Buccaneers. It sounds like going back to the Bucks is getting less and less likely. Still, it may be. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. Possible. Doubtful. But for him to be a Raider, it's going to take a lot of things. One, it's going to have to him actually playing next season, which is still 50-50. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Leaving the Bucks and then choosing the Raiders. Those three things need to happen, right? Actually playing, leaving the Bucks, choosing the Raiders. Because you know Mark Davis wants them, and we'll make cap room for him. Not a problem, right? Like, we'll make room for We'll Tom figure Brady. it out. We'll, that'll be figured out. We'll let the, the nerds and the nerdery with their calculators make Tom Brady come to, uh, come to the Raiders. Um, so as far as him playing next season, here's what he had to say on his serious XM podcast with Jim Gray. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do, uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay. I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> You're scratching. It's only the question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. That a baby Jim. They'll be taking shit from Tuck Rule Tommy. Don't be taking don't be taking shit from him. Stop. This is so contrived. You're telling me that he got blindsided by a question on his own fucking show. I that's that could be contrived. It could be that pre-show Brady's like, hey, don't ask me about it. And Jim Gray did it anyway. Because you remember when Jim Jim Gray does Showtime Boxing, and he's awesome. So many boxing interviewers just like, oh, you did so great. Oh, you're so awesome. What's next? Like interviewing winner or loser. Like he goes in on him. Like if a ref has like d- didn't pick up fouls, he'll interview the ref. Like Jim Gray's great. Didn't Jim Gray like corner Pete Rose? And then like no one wanted to talk to him during the World Series? Maybe. Wouldn't surprise him? me. Wasn't that that's I think that was him about talking about, yeah, did you bet on baseball? Did you bet? Like, oh, I'm not here for that. Uh, this and that, this and that. And then, and then, like, the next at the end of the game, there's like, yeah, uh, yeah, me and the boys got together and we're not going to talk to you because we didn't like that way you talked to Pete Rose. Yep. And they just walked away from him. So that he, he was, he wasn't on the pod, he wasn't on the, on the, on the, on the broadcast the rest of the series because no one would talk to him. So Jim like, Gray's out there for answers. Yeah. Right. He ain't there to be a broadcaster. He's there to do some journalism. So, and, and, and he's not like a gotcha guy or like trying to. Like, this is like investigative journalism. This is yeah, like what he's people like, want to know. Every single fucking person who downloaded this podcast is trying to find out if you're playing next season or not. Right? Like that's what this audience is here for. Like we'll break down the AFC championship and we'll talk about football. I think they interviewed Andy Reid on that show. Like they're going to do all that. But he's like, look, everyone is here for one reason. That's the Dude. number one, probably the number one question in sports right now. Is Tom Brady is Tom Brady playing next season and where? Oh, I thought yeah. it was who, who's Tom Brady fucking. I thought that was the. We have an answer to that one already. Can we look her up again? We can never get too much of that. Jesus. But that's my point, right? Is like Jim Gray goes. So you're maybe you're right. Maybe it's contrived, but it just seems like it. I mean, it I, I, I'm I'm always very like I'm very suspicious by by nature. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it it's just be. me. It could be. But it definitely sounds, but I, I believe Tom when he says he doesn't have an answer yet, right? I, he's probably leaning one way, probably leaning one way or the other, but I believe that he, he doesn't know yet. And um, I do believe he's sick of being asked that question, but get over it. Like, of course, you're going to be asked that question. Everyone wants to know, like the football world, the entire 
like quarterback carousel that's going to happen this season. And later on in the show, we're going to go over all the quarterback openings, who's available, kind of like a, a big picture of the quarterback scenario. None of those chips fall until Tom Brady announces what he's doing. None of those chips fall until Tom Brady knows what he's doing. Other than maybe like the Texans with the number two pick, like know who they're going to get. Other than that, everyone's waiting. I mean, that's not even a uh, that's not even a, a, a guaranteed thing either because what if someone hops into number one and takes the guy that they want? Right. And so that's my point is like this whole thing is waiting on Tom Brady. So we don't know what he's doing. So one, is he leaving the Bucks? We're leaning yes, but even then that's not for sure. Is he playing again? 50-50. And then the third question, is he going to pick the Raiders? Uh, the Washington Post did uh, a little piece on where Tom Brady can go. I just what they had to say about the Raiders. Some executives who have had contact with Raiders coach Josh McDaniels believe he is inclined to want a strong veteran around next season, not just a rookie passer. Rodgers would make sense, but Brady played better and is clearly better versed in McDaniels' offense. Sure, the Raiders could use another offensive lineman or two, but the roster is loaded with pass catchers, and they could always place the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs with the NFL and rushing. Brady knows McDaniel's system inside and out from their shared time in New England, where they went through the best of times together. I'll say. The city and the dome also would suit him well. One general manager pointed out that former Raiders coach John Gruden rebuffed Brady's overtures when the quarterback was extricating himself from New England. You like how that's it's the Washington Post, so that's how they talk. John Gruden rebuffed Brady's overtures when the quarterback was extricating himself. God, get your head out of your ass. I don't think he'd hold a grudge against owner Mark Davis for that, do you? The GM asked. It might be the best option for him. Soto, what do you make of those comments? What do you make of that report? I, I think that it's kind of like Captain Obvious shit, but it's yeah. stuff that needed to be said. Because, I mean, people are going to like stray far with their little wild harebrained schemes and like, oh my God, my conspiracy theories. But someone has to be the voice of reason every once in a while and bring us back to center. Yeah. I understand that the defense isn't what he's looking for. I understand the offensive line is what he's looking for. Yet, as of right now, we can always mm -hmm. calm some of those concerns by bringing in a guy or two that he likes, that he's played with, that he feels comfortable with in certain positions, right? Um, I don't know that Josh McDaniels would lie to Tom Brady and say that they're further along in certain positions than they are. Uh, or, you know, Ziegler, for that matter, would say, oh, yeah, we're going to get these guys. Don't worry. We're going to do our best to do this and not do anything. I think it's going to be a conceited effort to kind of be that, I mean, on McDaniels' end, because that's how coaches think, how do I win right now? And Ziegler's like, okay, how do I win now, but also set myself up to win in the future? Mm. And I think that both of those things can happen at one time. And just, again, the familiarity. And I think last year, a big reason why maybe the Bucks didn't do as well as they could have is because of the offensive scheme. It's a little, it was a little bit different. It wasn't the same exact thing. It was a little bit different. Uh well, the injuries were massive too. I mean, that was that too. pretty ravaged. You're looking at something that he's so comfortable with that I think that that comfort level, along with maybe easing some of his concerns on the defense and offensive lines, because truly, like, look, if we had if we had Tom Brady last year with the defense that we had last year, we would have won a lot more games. Even though the defense wasn't great, we still would have won more games. So. I mean, I think the defense will only get better in a second year, and you maybe get some more – the second year of turnover, getting more people that are better fitted, suited to your scheme. Because you can't, like, gut everybody from a defense and bring in all new players. You just don't have enough money to do that. So We thought the defense would be better this year 
compared to last year, and it was. It was better. It was one point better each a game. Less the, the turnovers were still down, like still close to last in turnovers, still close to last in sacks. And you. again, we played eight games against the seven worst defenses in football. So, like again, those numbers are a little skewed too. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. we were still a terrible defense numbers wise. We weren't playing good offenses. Like we were terrible against the worst defenses in football. I mean, we we can have the conversation about the defense another time, but um, I the first part of this is irrelevant. What McDaniel's wants when it comes to Tom Brady, irrelevant. Mark Davis wants Tom Brady. If Tom Brady wants to go to the Raiders, he's there. Period. Whether McDaniel's would give his left nut to get Brady or give away his right nut not to get Brady. Doesn't matter. Josh McDaniel's nuts don't matter. It's a Mark Davis decision when it comes to Tom Brady, right? So yeah. that whole part's irrelevant. Um, it did bring up an interesting part. Like, is Tom Brady petty enough to take the whole John Gruden rebuffed? I'm going to blame Mark Davis for that. And would that go into his thought process on saying potentially no to the Raiders? I I, I never Zero thought about in those terms. Zero chance. I would, but I don't feel I don't understand how how Tom Brady would put that blame on Mark Davis. It I, isn't on Mark Davis, dude. Like Gronk even said on that on the interview on that show on the on the pre-fight show, freaking Gruden nixed it. It wasn't Mark Davis. Mark well, Davis wanted him. Mark Mark Davis can override Gruden. He's the only guy. Yes, that can but override you just Gruden gave this guy the keys to the castle, and then you're going to cut his legs out from under him. I don't think you want to start doing that. The what? The one thing that this whole situation may affect Tom Brady on is like, look, this that organization's a clusterfuck. Like they could have had me. They had one guy saying yes, the owner saying no. That would be the only part of that scenario that would make me think Tom Brady would kind of poo-poo the idea. I don't think it had anything to do with like, well, yeah, I'm going to hold a grudge against Mark Davis. If, if I think this is the place they should be. I think if you're looking for reasons for him not to go, that would be one. But it's just in the overall realm of possibility. I think that possibility is extremely low. Well, we, we got to Well, I'm look, the number one reason Brady wouldn't go to Vegas is he doesn't think he could win there. Right. That's pretty much the only reason he's got Josh McDaniels with an offense. He's got weapons, no income tax, new stadium. It's indoor. It's just like it's still on grass, still on grass and indoor. That's a double whammy. That's good for both. And he'll get like the Raiders have enough cap to give him what he wants, right? He's not going to ask for, for $60 million. He's like, all right, pay me to enough to like have me some decency. And then I'll let the money, you know, let the rest of the money go to, you know, to building up a team. Right. So it's like all the things that could affect him. It's, it's, does he think he can win in Las Vegas? That's it. That's, that's the only thing. Mark Davis wants him. Everything else is set. Does he think he can win there? And that's why I don't think he's coming just because I think they're just teams better positioned on both sides of the ball than the Raiders. That's been, and it's the defense is so bad. And the old line, such a big question mark. The thing, that's the, why I don't think he's coming. There's something to be said for a level of comfort and, and, and belief in what you can do. Mm. So I know that he knows he can ball out in that system with the weapons that we have, regardless of how many stick around. I think he knows. I think he knows and he sees certain things like I've talked about before. Yeah, the defense gave up a lot of points, but a lot of times those those points came in second halves of games where our offense wasn't doing much and putting them in bad positions. So you play complementary football, you play good situational football, which Tom Grady is great at. Um, yeah, it could, it, it could, the numbers could be deceiving in that sense. Uh 
you know, another year of, of pushing pushing more into the defense and evening out the defense and offensive uh, pace structure, yeah. That's a very, very optimistic and rose-colored way to look at our defense. I, I think like look, the numbers were terrible, and I think they were worse, not better, because of the offense. Just because, like I said before, we were playing terrible offenses, and our defense still put up awful numbers. And if they're on the field more, they should be getting more sacks, more turnovers, just from being on the field more. And they're still near last in those categories. So, like this... I want to be optimistic about our defense. Like, oh, we're going to turn it around. Like, it's just, just like the, the deeper I dive into our defense, like the worst it looked. Um, now, will Tom Brady, is Tom Brady going to dive that deep, right? Like, is he going to, is he going to hear that pitch from Mark Davis or Josh McDaniels or Patrick Graham or Dave Zeal or whoever wants to go to the Raiders and be like, look, look, the only reason our defense was so bad is because their offense was terrible. You'd care about that, Tom. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd I wouldn't say that. that. Wait, 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 wait. I wouldn't say that. Let's just be honest about no, no, it. I, would, I know you're not. I, I'm saying that would be the, the pitch to Tom Brady. Yeah, that, that would be the pitch. Like, I, I would say this. A, 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 a more realistic pitch would have been, look, it was the first year in this in this scheme. We didn't have all the pieces that we needed. Um, our offense didn't do our defense any favors in second halves of a lot of these games. You got bat caught in your... <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking in my head. I was like, look, let's be Mark Davis and pitch Tom Brady. And I have one of those um, Patty Pimblet wigs, so I was no. seeing if I was with, within arm's reach, so I can try to do a Mark Davis haircut. You should just cut it until like I fit, Mark Davis. Like I try to do a Mark Davis haircut and do my Mark Davis impersonation. You should wear that everywhere and do a Mark Davis. No, but like, yeah, it, I think people that understand complimentary footballs can see where. Our offense didn't do our defense any favors. Of course, our defenses have to make the plays, but you have a second year in the system. You have a second year of getting the right pieces that you need. Um, you have Tom Brady being able to recruit the types of players that we need. It, it, it would be a used car salesman pitch, but it could work, right? Like, I mean, it, it would be like, like, look, like six well, to his ego, to his ego. It can be, look, man, you can be a huge part of how we turn this around in one year. Well, that's, and I think his ego is why he doesn't go. He's a front runner. He's only played on teams with top 10 defenses and organizations that have their shit together. And like, he only put himself in positions where it's just like, yeah, there's a quarterback away from winning. And I'm going to be that guy. I don't know how together the freaking Tampa Bay bucks were loaded. Holy shit. One of the best well, front you sevens said, in you football. Said organizationally, you said organizationally how they I mean, they had good players, but they also, got, head coach, they also had a lot players. of heat. How many years was he a head coach? And he was rolling with freaky. I think that's like his third year. With Arians, just like third year there. Yeah, well respected. He wasn't there, he wasn't a, there li for a, a long lifetime time. in Raiders head coaches' terms. I mean, again, you're 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 talking like, oh yeah, a long term head coach. It's just, it was his third year when Brady got there. He wasn't there forever. I said stability. I said stability at head coach, not long term. And there's a big difference, right? Like, there's no stability with Raiders head coaching, right? And Bruce Arians was like very well respected. Um, he was like doing well with poor quarterback play. Like that, that's why like never mind like the very minute details. Tom Brady has only been in good situations. He hasn't been in like, oh, I'm gonna rebuild this team, or like I'm gonna put this team on my back and carry them. Like he'll do it for a quarter, he'll do it for a game when necessary. Mm -hmm. season. I don't I don't I hope he will, because as we get into this quarterback carousel segment coming up, might be a little rough. Well, look, you take a look at something here. The, the Bucks' offensive line wasn't the Bucks' offensive line before Tom Brady got there. They drafted Tristan Wirfs. A couple guys came over that he liked. 
so most of that offensive line was new. So it wasn't like, yeah, he had a line that he yeah, it wasn't there before he got there. Okay. So they they added Gronk. How many so guys were like, new on that line? Starters. Three. Was I think it, it was three. Was it three? One, one rookie and he got he rookie, two guys the rookie in. and one more guy, right? As a starter? I think the center and a guard. Well, they had they had both their guards go down, right? Like early in the season. I mean, this right? year? No, no, no. No, no. I'm talking uh, about the very first year he came in. Yeah. Yeah, the Super Bowl year. Yeah. They had two guards go down early, right? Like that's kind of why they brought like that's why they brought in new guys, right? Wasn't that the I don't know, man. I'll think I, 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 I might be thinking of their line. I'm never at the sober end of the for year. Super Bowls. I don't remember Super Bowl. I, I think maybe their line at the end of the year is what I'm thinking of, but yeah. it wasn't like they had that line when Tom Brady signed to play for the Bucks. It's like they had to build that line. They, they we can both agree that the Raiders right now would be the shallowest roster he's ever played on. Think of the opportunity, man. Look at all the space you can do activities. Let's build bunk beds in the locker room. So you have space for activities. No power Let's, tools. <laughs> so to, I would I would love for that to be the case. I just don't know if if Tom Brady's gonna be like, yeah, instead of going to the Jets with every like great defense, great line, burgeoning weapons. Back to the Pats, right? New offensive coordinator, top five defense, familiarity. It's like Belichick. No weapons. Everything but weapons over there, right? And a the weapon weapons would show are worse up. now than they were when he fucking left, and that's why he left. A weapon would show up. We- weapons are easier to get than reconstructing an entire defense or an entire line. You think there's not free agent wide receivers that are like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go to New England, catch some pre- passes from Tom Brady? Yeah, but how good are they going to be? Who are the wide receiver, the free agent wide receivers right now that are like? I have no idea. Be as good as freaking Devontae Adams and Darren. That's Waller. that's the one good thing about not the one good thing, but like one of the good things about being a Raiders fan is you don't have to worry about free agent pass catchers right anymore because <laughs> we've got them all. We're good. We're good. Give me your corners. Give me your safeties. Give me your linemen. Give me your linebackers. Pass catchers. Pff, not even bothering. You guys worry not about that. Even you, you worry about that Chicago. You worry about that New England. <laughs> so. The quarterback market has never been more interesting for the Raiders in the last decade. Not only are not only do we have a quarterback we're trying to trade and get as much as for as possible, we're going to need a quarterback. We have Chase Gerbers. That's it. Even Jared Stidham's free agent right now. That's it on the Raiders roster. And so I want to go through Soto, the quarterback you go market. Through me. Ooh. I'll go right through you, right? I may even spit on it first. Yeah, I want, I want to go through the quarterback market on who needs a quarterback and who's out there because okay. that's going to determine – that'll be a big part in determining how much we can get for Carr, right? If there's way more teams that need quarterbacks than quarterbacks, hopefully we'll get more for them. If there's the other way around, we're not going to get a lot for them. Mm-hmm. And two – where you have the other side of the coin, because now we're in competition with all these other teams to get quarterbacks that we're going to want. Right. On top of that, we have the seventh overall pick, which puts us in striking distance of the big three, but Mm -hmm. zero less than zero guarantees. We can get him at seven. We're not going to get one of those top three at seven. Not going to happen. We're going to have to make a move. And also, um, which quarterbacks make sense for the Raiders because Josh McDaniels, I feel like he's going to be very picky about who he wants. He's going to want someone who knows the system. I, I, I think that's the way he's going. We can have the debate as we go, but let's start with who needs a quarterback, right? 
Panthers, Commanders, Texans, Saints, Falcons, Colts, Jets, Titans, Raiders. That's basically for sure. Nine teams that need that need a quarterback. And then the maybes are Packers if Rodgers leaves, Bucks if Brady leaves, and Rams if Stafford leaves or retires. Am I missing anybody? Are there any teams? I'm not counting uh, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. He's staying. He'll get franchised or something. Um, am I missing no, any that's teams? About it. Okay. So out of those teams, the Texans have the number two overall pick. Um, well, let's look at the, let's look at the draft. Here's uh, the CBS's NFL prospect rating rankings. Obviously, you got usual suspects: Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. Those are the big three, and then you could kind of it's it's a pretty steady drop off from there. Those are the, not that none of these guys can pan out or can't be good, or maybe you have an eye on them. For, if you have an eye on anyone outside the big three, Soto, that you really want for the Raiders, let me know. Um, but as Anthony far Richardson. As, Okay. Anthony Richardson. Okay. Yes. If we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna go the the bridge quarterback, and then it's not to say that a bridge quarterback necessarily has to be a bad quarterback. We can have the best quarterback of all time in the NFL be our bridge quarterback. Yeah. But if if we we can sit him and say, look, you're gonna learn how to play in this system, and don't even think about getting on the field for the first couple of years. We're gonna put you and you're just gonna learn. Then we can get Anthony Richardson because his tools are off the charts. Yeah. Okay. So those are the guys. And so now let's look at draft order. Bears don't need a quarterback. Texans do. Cardinals don't. Colts do. Seahawks are probably going to stay. They're probably going to stick with uh, your boy. They're going to stick with them. Um, Lions probably staying with probably staying with Goff. He's playing well. Um, Raiders definitely. Falcons definitely. Panthers definitely. So um, we can count on for sure Texans or Colts taking one of the big three, or in your in your eyes the big four. Almost guaranteed, the Bears are going to trade down. Yeah, we'll trade out of someone that spot. else. I can't imagine the Raiders sitting at seven and getting one of the big three. And I'm pretty doubtful they'll get one of the big four. I'm pretty, I, I, maybe your boy Richardson will fall to seven. Big, big, maybe. I'm sure he will. I think sure he will. I'm sure he will. And here's the reason why I can't wait to hear it. I don't know. I I think if anyone's going to jump into that top spot, it's going to be someone trying to leapfrog. Like an indie, uh, or even Houston themselves, they don't want anyone to leapfrog them. They want to get the guy that they want. They want that first pick. They want their guy, so they'll jump into the first spot. So that would leave um, the Colts, the Texans, and who else was there? That's it, of course. Pick? Yeah, so that'd be the three. <laughs> but that, but that's that's my point. Is I think the Seahawks, Lions, or Cardinals are trading down as well. I think, I think guys, I think there's too many quarterback needy teams that are making those giant moves. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but I don't know that. I don't know that anyone's going to be trading up for Anthony Richardson. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying like he's, okay. I think he's too much of a, a project, even though his ceiling is very high. He's probably had the highest ceiling out of all these guys tools, tools wise. Okay. But if you're looking at, you know, having to trade up for the fourth out of four, as far as, you know, bust ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. I, I think I honestly do think that we can stay at seven and still get Anthony Richardson. I don't, but I think it also depends. We're kind of going out of order because the free agency stuff will happen first, right? Like we'll know what Tom Brady's doing. We'll know mm -hmm. what Aaron Rodgers is doing. That'll all be figured out before the draft. So, okay. So that's how you think the draft's going to go. We're, we're, we're more or less on the same page. It's a little difference with, with Richardson, but okay. Let's, let's assume drafting a quarterback is potentially on, on the table for the Raiders. Right. And we would have to, if we don't end up getting somebody right. It's either like keep Stidham and draft a quarterback of the future or um, get, get, you know, get an elite guy that we can potentially win with now. Let's say I I'm, I'm, I predict that if Brady stays, he goes to the jets. I think, I think that's the best place for him to win now. I think New York, that defense weapons will follow. We got young weapons now, but better line. I, I think that's the best place for him to win. Now is the jets. That would be my, I'm guessing, but that's, my evaluation. I think Aaron Rodgers stays at Green Bay. Cross out the Packers. I think the Rams stay with Stafford. I think Stafford sticks around for one. I don't think he wants to end with a with a injured season and yeah. McVay staying. So I think that stays. The Texans, I believe, will draft their quarterback. The Panthers got a lot of draft capital. They can make a move. So basically, we would be in. We would be in competition for the free agent quarterbacks with Commanders, Saints, Falcons, Colts, maybe Titans. So I think there'd be six teams waiting for waiting for a quarterback that's not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. That's slim pickings. That's really slim pickings. At that point, it'd have to be like we'd have to re-sign Jared Stidham. And we'd have to make a move for one of those big three or four. And that's again, and I, I'm in hundred percent agreement with you. If we don't go big game hunting and get either Brady or Rogers, we're going to stick with Stidham and we're going to do the, do everything we can to get one of the top, you know, three or four, depending on who you that think. goes against what we were talking about before with the draft. When we're like trade down, trade down, trade down, trade down. That's if we have a quarterback. Well, yeah, and the thing is, right. is if you if you have a quarterback, you can still trade down uh, in in other in other rounds uh, and get more depth. Because, yeah. dude, fucking secondary is stacked. Thank God. Corner, corner, and safety is fucking stacked in this draft. Offensive line, interior offensive linemen, center and guards, and all that. Even tackles, it's pretty high. It's pretty top heavy. It's not really that deep, but there's a lot of tackles still. That'll fall. There's a lot of offensive line. Um, Linebacker is probably thin, really thin, but there's a lot of de interior defensive linemen that are. It's a big freaking uh, year for that, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, look, let's say, for example, we end up flipping car and we get like a one and a three or something like that. Let's just say, okay? Because I don't know that his stock around the league has dropped that much where he can go for two ones last year, and then this year he's going to go, oh, well, I'll give you a four for him. Like, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Well, and that's the other part of this conversation too, right, is the good part, the good part of us being 
you know, of the giant musical chairs of quarterback is that we should get more for Carr, right? Like it may be harder for us to get a quarterback, but that means it's harder for other teams and they're going to want a, 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 there's a lot of teams that are going to want a three-time Pro Bowler like Derek Carr despite coming off an offseason. So that's the, that's the other side of this coin, right? Is with this quarterback market, where does Derek Carr land? There's five teams that are either going to have to draft high or pick. Carr's the best out of the free agents if if Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady stay, right? Like he's, I don't count Lamar Jackson. He's getting franchise tag. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's no one as experienced that's not super old, right? Like there's guys that are that have done better, but they're done. Really Carr's, they're, Carr's yeah. got four or five years of prime left. He's in his he, prime. He's in his prime. If you take off Brady and you take off Rodgers, even even with this last season, Carr's got the least amount of stink on him. By far. Yeah. Like who's number four? Like, did him? <laughs> no, I mean, there's like Garoppolo, but he has injury concerns. Yeah. He wins, but he's got injury concerns. Uh, Brissette is steady, but he's not, you know, never wowed mind blowing. Yeah. Wentz has tools, but he just can't put it together. Uh, Wentz is, I mean, Wentz is cancer. He's done. Yeah. There's, you know, Jameis Winston is not inconsistent, and now he has injury concerns. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton showed a lot, but his ceiling is he's he, he's he's shown to be in a decline. Mm-hmm. I think Carr is headed the Carr and, and and Dalton's career have been stat wise have been pretty equal. So I think that if he doesn't stick, him being Carr doesn't stick with a starting job this next year. I think he's going to have an Andy Daltonish end to his career where he kind of you know maybe can try to resurrect with another team here and there because I think that, I think that depends that's where that's the arc. Yeah, like, that's the thing is if he doesn't where he lands, right? Yeah. If he gets if he gets like a if like the Titans move on from Tannehill, right? Like he could thrive there. Even you know, Tannehill's got more stink on him than Carr does. Hundred percent. Oh, and Tannehill can't get through a season healthy, right? Carr Carr doesn't Carr doesn't get you know Carr doesn't miss games, right? And then you got so, Mariota. Can't he's gotten hurt? He got benched and freaking went home with the Falcons. Like he's got the least amount of stink as all of them. But dude, let's let, listen to this. If Carr goes to a spot and the same thing happens to him that happened to Matt Schaub. Where they draft a guy early, and the guy just seems to have—he's you know a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more modern NFL-ish running-wise and stuff like that. They may want to roll with him and not have to pay that salary after the first year. That could happen to him if he doesn't really ball out this next year because he's not going to have that history with the franchise like he had with the Raiders, where the people are going to excuse. He, if he goes when he goes somewhere, he needs to win now. Like he can't. Oh, well, you know, he's learning the system. No, that's not going to freaking cut it. He needs to win right away, or he might not have a starting job for too much longer. Well, that's so, why I don't think he's going to go to a place that drafts high like that, because they're going to need that pick to get him, or hopefully, right? Hopefully that, you know, well, Carl that wasn't a coming, to, coming to us, right? Carl I don't know. My point, my point is, you're not going to get Carr and draft a first rounder, because you're no, 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 using no. that draft you're capital to get Carr, yeah. right? So it's not going to be a team that's like, oh, let's. Draft car. We'll have a quarterback competition. It's like no, 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 no. He's your guy. Yeah. And for the patent for the picture using, that's who you're rolling with. Hundred well, percent. Also, too, what we talked about last time is Ziegler's not going to say, "Okay, I'll give you a one this year and a three and a two next." Like, no, dude, I don't need that shit next year. I need that shit now. I need those picks now because Devontae Adams won two. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't be. Two. Yeah, I can't be freaking loading up this you know draft capital for the next GM if we fall on our face. So yeah, I'm thinking. Let's say we get a one and three for Carr. We still have that one where we can, you know. There's always teams that are looking to jump in back into the first round. 
and they'll give up a lot to do it. So yeah, I, I think that definitely with something that we can do, uh, I think the the let's say the Colts, they they get they get their guy finally in car right. Mm-hmm. I think they pick twelve. They have what three and twelve or something like that. Four and twelve. Uh, Colts are. Or is twelve or no, just four. They don't have a, another first rounder. No, well, I ain't gonna do that. They're not gonna do that. Let's see who who's in the middle of the, of the of that first round. There's the Jets. There's the Titans. The Titans might do it. Yep. What they is Tan- Tannehill's Tannehill's not a free agent. It's void years. He's a void years. He, he's like yeah, a he, very he, low. He would be captain. cut. He wouldn't be. Yeah, he'd be. He'd be probably be cut as opposed to like. Yeah. Killing stuff. And yeah, here's and, an, and then here's the last part of that equation is salary cap, right? Who's in who's in enough cap situation to be able to afford any of these guys? Um, Falcons two in cap are wonderful. Jesus, Raiders Chicago nine, Bears. great. Yeah, Chicago they, Bears are going shopping. Yeah, they're they're gonna get loaded up, right? Uh, Bengals, Pats, Giants, uh, Texans, Ravens, Seahawks. None of those guys want quarterbacks. So number ten, Colts. 16 commanders, 19 jets. So the jets are not in good. They're in negative cap situation. So that's the one thing that's, that is one of our hopes for getting Brady is, well, no, if the jets can get Brady, they're going to do it. (laughs) They're going to figure it out. They'll figure it out. That's the other part too, is who can not only trade for car, but take his contract. It's guys with the picks guys, who need quarterbacks and guys who have the cap space to, to, make it easier to bring car on Colts make sense. Colts make a lot of sense. Ton of sense. And after we get rid of car, we're going to shoot up to what? Number six in cap space. Something like that. Yeah. We'll be up there. Another, um, his cap hit is I think 33 mil. The yeah, salary was 40, 43. but I think, I think the cap hits 33. 33. So we'll, we'd go up. And guys, that's all that fucking 54. matters. Yeah. His cap hit is the only thing that matters. Who cares? Don't worry about that funny money. Who gives a shit? Um, well, and also a lot of these, you know, a lot of these teams are in those situations as well where they're going to shed bad contracts too. So we're not going to go up and everyone stay stagnant, but we'll get we'll get a nice little bump. So interesting offseason coming up. Really interesting offseason for the, like one of the this, most crucial ones in a long time for the Raiders. This is, this is going to be a a telling offseason to how the next five years of Raiderdom is going to go because if, if Ziegler and champ and these guys are, end up pulling it off and pulling all the right strings and pulling all the right levers and balancing all the right things at the same time. And they end up getting the things that they need to get while getting rid of things that they don't want anymore and, and getting that capital. If they're able to do it, I think it's going to be a lot quicker turnaround than you might think this next few years. If they don't, if they're stuck at the altar doing, you know, holding their dicks or whatever, we can be fucked for a long time. If uh, if Ziegler and McDaniel's go all in this season, right? Let's say they get Brady, um, you know, they trade for a sick ass Pro Bowl corner. You know, they, they we get Brady, we get Gilmore, we get Bates at safety, they, right? They, they, cru- the they say fuck your cap. We're gonna we're gonna load up and push it forward and up, up the O line, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and it doesn't pan out, then we're way behind, right? Ziegler's gone. 
McDaniels is gone. Brady's obviously one season. We're stuck in cat purgatory. That's going to suck. If they go the other way, if they go like, hey, we're going to think more long-term, let's get a rookie pass catcher. They stick around a little bit, then it's still kind of a wait and see. Or if they get a rookie rookie pass thrower and they still fail, then Ziegler McDaniels are gone. Graham gone, but maybe we'll have a quarterback of the future, right? So it's like, you're right. Like it's so much is going to ha- going to be decided this season, but it's not black and white. It's not, no. oh, we're great and we're set or we're shit. We're gone. It's like, it can go this Dude, way. Robert, it can go yeah. that. I mean, like it could be there's varying degrees, but you're right. Like this that's is where the, like, the root, like the, the tree, the, the branches of the tree are going to start going in one direction. It could be in many directions. So when I was in high school in science class, there was like this weird scale. So the scale had a scale on each one of the sides of the scale. Mm-hmm. So not only did you have to balance the weight between the two scales, you had to balance the weight on the scales on each side of the scale. So there's three scales that you're balancing at the same time. And that's what's going to happen here. Is you take that's when you learned that you wanted to be a drug dealer. You're really good at Yes, that's when I learned. I'm much better at doing drugs than I was at selling drugs. So if they pull the lever from here and, and push something there, it's going to affect other things. And then the, the timing is a big deal as well. Uh, it's I don't, They're not in an enviable position. They, they, they have the ability to, I wouldn't say easily, but they have the ability to quickly become one of the better teams in the league. They also have the ability to fall flat on their face. Because it's just so intricate, the what the balancing act and, and the timing. Well, it all depends on who's going to be on the team next season. And potentially, we may be short two pro bowlers. According to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, in one of his segments on just kind of like, hey, news and notes, what's going on in the NFL. He had this little note. There's multiple things about the Raiders on there. Tom Brady, you know, all this kind of stuff. Where's Derek Carr going to go, et cetera. But there's this Two little paragraphs that kind of snuck under the radar that hit me. Here's Fowler. Meanwhile, in Vegas, I've talked to a few people around the league who expect coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler to continue aggressively tweaking the roster, to which I thought, well, fuck yeah, they got to rebuild the entire defense. But he said McDaniels is big on culture fits and will want his own guys. Teams will be keeping an eye on tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro in that process. When I thought tweaking the roster, I thought doing the defense. He's thinking trading away Pro Bowl pass catchers. Um, I can see it because Darren Waller is an aging, oft injured now tight end that makes a lot of money. And I just think that Hunter Renfro is overpaid. Especially, I mean... Name me a pass catching duo that makes that much money that did well last year. Like you, you're not gonna find it. You know, you have Evans and 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 um the hell's his name in Tampa Bay. The other guy, Evans and the other guy, they make a pretty good money, but they didn't do well. They're injured. You know, if you have a Devontae Adams, that guy's going to get the bulk of your targets. You just need other guys to be able to play roles. Um, I I did a, a comparison between 
Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro. And I mean, yeah, Cole, Cole Beasley is not as, it doesn't have quite the numbers that uh, Hunter Renfro does, but he also makes a whole lot less money. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have, if you have a Devonte Adams making almost 30 million a year, you have no business spending $15, excuse me, $15 million on a slot receiver. It's just, it's excess that they were trying to load up for this one last season with Carr. Let's go all in. And it didn't work out. It didn't work out. And you don't, that's a luxury that you don't need or you can afford to have. If you have so many holes other places, you can get it. You can get a guy to, to play the slot uh, and you don't have to pay him $15 million. This is what gets me about this, though. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are a combination, whatever the combination of them. We we lump them all together. I think that's fair. I think they work hand in hand where it's like McZiegler, right? McZiegler gave both these guys extensions. That's what gets me is, oh, well, you know, they're going to want their own guys. They're going to, it's a culture fit. You fucking paid these guys. Waller, when you didn't have to. Waller had two years left on his contract and you chose to make him one of the highest paid tight ends in football. And now you're going back and saying like, well, it's not a culture fit. It's not, we got to trade him. It's like, what a fuck up. What a colossal. If you're like, all right, Darren Waller's not a culture culture fit. then great. You trade him before this season with that amazing contract. You get two firsts for him or like, you know, like a first and like a third, a guy that good on that good of a contract. You need a pirate booty for it. Now, after an injured year and you just paid him $12 million to not produce and be hurt, I mean, what a giant clusterfuck if Darren Waller ends up traded and we don't get something great for him. Like, just just terrible management of the roster if that's the case. And same, but not nearly as bad with Hunter Renfro. Like, you paid him this season. You paid him. You committed to this guy. Like, there's no... There's no bigger way as a GM or head coach to say, this is our guy than to give them $51 million for three years. Like Darren Waller, like that's not what you say in your words, not the play designs for him it's money. It's money. That's how you say you're our guy. We're going to use you. And if they move on, just, just awful roster management. If they trade these guys, let me awful give you an alternative reality. If you're trying, if you're all in on your quarterback, you're mm-hmm. all in, you're 100% sold, you're locking up their guys, you're getting them passed, you're getting them weapons, you're locking them up, you're saying, okay, these are the guys that you want, we're all in on you, we want to move forward. You can trade, you can still, because look, Darren Waller is going to need a contract anyway, you're not going to give up that draft capital for Darren Waller and not extend him. This way, he's on a contract already, and... They did not need to extend him last season. They didn't need they, to, but they, they did. Were, they got but, Dave Ziegler got swindled by Waller's management. That's what happened. Okay. Well, I mean, there's there there's an alternate reality to that, but you can still trade Waller and have it be frame it as a positive thing if you get him because we've already paid him a, a we've already paid him one year of this big contract, so he got a contract that he's happy with, and he's already we 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 already ate a year of it. So 
Here, here he is. He can prove if he continues it was, to. It was still better last season because then you can do it. You can make whatever contract you want with him, right? You would trade again, him with that not, one year it, left. Yeah, it's not awful. But the thing whatever. is, is you trade him for one year, you're going to have to pay them and give him more over a longer period of time. This way, you can see what he has. You can, you can hopefully see that he's the player that you thought he was, and you can even extend him if you'd like. The Renfro there's, thing, there's no universe where getting him now, if you're the other team, is better than getting him. I never said it was better. Okay. I've never said it was better, but you're saying that it's like this god-awful thing where we can't trade him anymore. Like, no, that's not the no, case. No, he's, he's tradable, but you wouldn't get anywhere near what we would prior to this season Again, for both contract and how he performed. Over the very injured. first thing I said, you were all in on your quarterback. You wanted to put the weapons around him. You had that three-year window, which you pretty much gave everybody a three-year window. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to push forward to three-year window. You didn't know that your quarterback was going to have his worst seasons this rookie year. You can do all that and not extend Waller. You did not have to extend. That's Waller. part. That's all that. that. I understand what you're saying, but that's a decision that they made because they were all in on. I mean, it, it, I don't. I don't it's, it's not a DC thing, but they were all in on him, and that's why they did made these moves, and that's why everything is a three-year. Everything was three years. Yeah. The the Devonte, the car, the the Renfro, the Watt, all those things were three years. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Chandler. you know, yeah, it's all three years. So, okay, let's. And Waller was the one you didn't have to, and they still did. And now you're like, well, he's not a cult. That's more my thing is you can't go back and say, well, he wasn't a cult. He's good, but he's not a culture fit when you just extended him. You can't use that excuse. You can't say, well, we inherited sure him. Can. Look what happened to Derek Carr. He, he, you know, he, he didn't respond well to what was happening in the coaching or locker room or whatever, whatever you want to believe. And they did. And they did a contract that gave them an out that that's, that was their genius. That was, that was good GMing. It's yeah. Here's a three-year contract, but we have an out after a year because we have to extend. Dude, like they they had no choice at that point. If if you're a Darren Waller going to sign his biggest deal, like uh, his, the deal that he should get because he produces that much, you're not going to do a deal that like like that gives him an out after a year, dude. That's not no. Gonna you don't do any deal because you have two more years. I understand that, but you're glancing over that very first thing of I, I get it. I'm not saying it was a smart thing to do. I'm saying is I can see why they did it. It just ended up biting him in the butt because they don't have the quarterback that they wanted and they were planning on having for those three years. They, they did it because of poor roster management that there was, it was an error. There was no universe where it's like, well, this was the optimal move. No universe. And I like the hundred contract more than you. Like you, I, I I'm fine with, I don't think it's great. It's like, sure. It's kind of a lot. $15 million for a guy that's not going to get the ball. Cause look, just like you said, in, in, last off season, you only have one ball. How, how, who, who's going to not get the targets? Hunter Renfro is going to get the targets because who's our best receiver? Devonte Adams. Who's our best slot receiver? Devonte Adams. Who's our best third down receiver? Devonte Adams. Who's our best deep threat? Devonte Adams. He's the one that's going to get the ball. Why do you need to pay $15 million to a guy who's going to get three, four targets a game? Maybe you don't need it. It's, it's excess. He needs to get more than three or four targets a game. He's, that, he's, he's not he's going to. He, he, you know, you know, he, should. he, he is a functioning offense. He would wait, wait, we're wait, getting off topic. He, he, we're getting no, off topic. He, he's better than that. I want to end with it. He's better than that. But Devonta Adams is so much better than you can definitely give him those targets. My point being, if these two guys get traded and the excuse that the Raiders give her culture fit, that's bullshit. That is no, we screwed up and now we're trying to cut our losses. Well, yeah, and either it, culture fit or he wasn't the guy that we thought he was in the locker room. It's the same shit. It's the same thing. 
Yeah, then they either poorly evaluated him and paid them too early. How are you going to evaluate something that you don't see? You don't see how he how are you gonna, coaching. You how are you going to pay world? them if you're not sure? Like that That's my point. You're like... That's free agency, man. That's the way it is. You're basically coming in. It's basically a free agency. Now, the Waller thing, yeah, I, I, I don't. I agree with you. We shouldn't have done it, but we did it. So now we're, what, what are we going to do? It, it are was, we going to do what we did with is, Carr and keep him longer than we have to, even though he wasn't a, he wasn't going to get us where we need to go? Are you going well, to keep Darren Waller point. around? Is are you going to keep Darren Waller around? And that's my point. Is This is cutting the losses of an error. It's not going to be like, oh, not a culture fit. It's like, no. It's cutting the losses of an error. And you're going to try to make excuses for Ziegler. Daniel's going to try to make excuses for himself. Bullshit. If those trades go through, it is cutting the losses for an error, not Oh, this is how we all worked it out. What's so let me ask there? you a question: Would you w- would you prefer the alternative? The alternative is you don't sign those extensions. No, 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 no. We we are here now. Would you yeah. prefer? The fuck the up already happened. So now you got to cut the losses. Okay, then. So why are you complaining? Because I don't want. No, I don't want to hear the excuses. Up. I don't want to hear the excuses from you saying, "Well, it wasn't a culture fit. They had to do it." It's like, no. When did I ever no. say those words? You you just spent the last ten minutes being like, "Well, they had to do it. It was a three year plan." No, they didn't. I didn't say they had to do it. When did I say that? I think you're hearing things, man. Five I said they ago. did it. They Five did it. Be- I didn't say they had to do it. I never said they had to do it. I even they said that the wall it. wasn't the right. And it was an yes, error. exactly. They did it. I'm, it. Who's to say it's an error? If they if trade it, them away, if they trade them away when they could have gotten more okay, from them last time without paying them. If if they trade them away, what if they don't? And they keep them and they ball out. Then not an okay. error. That's my okay. that's the that's the entire point of this article. This is the whole segment. They're they're keeping their eye open. What was it? The uh, ex, uh teams will okay. be keeping an I've eye talked, on tight end Darren I've... Waller and Hunter Renfro. Okay, look, they the get traded part. after paying them. It okay. is an error. Listen to this first part. I've talked to a few people around their league who expect coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler to continue aggressively tweaking the roster. So where where is their actual information here that we're shopping these guys? There is none. The information here is this is most likely, from reading the tea leaves, McDaniels or Ziegler saying, Waller and Hunter, we'll listen. We're putting them out there, open for trade. We'll get something we said, out of them. We said That's at the my beginning guess. of the year, we, we said at the end of the season, we said there are like what? Two people that you're not going to trade. You're not going to trade Max and you're not going to trade Devontae. Anyone else is fair game. We can get better. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is fair game. This is part of that. <laughs> we said that, that <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I knew you don't listen to me, but now it's like, come on. I, you, we said what? Who were the untouchables? Max Crosby and Devonte Adams. Those are the people that you would not trade, right? Pre, I, I believe it was pre his extension. That conversation, which is which makes a difference. No, no, we talked at the end of the season. Okay, who are the guys that you build? Who are the building blocks? Who are the people that you can't really move? Oh yeah, yeah I, you're trying to do a, move, right? If you're trying to do a rebuild, these are the guys you keep. Exactly. And well, the thing is, we have to keep Chandler Joseph. No one is going to want that contract. But we said the ones that you wouldn't want to trade are Max Crosby and Devonta Adams. This is part of that. If someone dangles a freaking deal in front of you, because there is, excuse me, quite a few good tight ends available. There's a kid from Notre Dame, that guy from uh, the one from Alabama, the guy from uh, Utah. 
that killed USC. There's there's good tight ends that you can get in there and plug in that can be good pass catchers for you. Are they going to be as dynamic? We don't know as Waller. We don't know, but there's good tight end options available for you, especially if you have someone like a Tom Brady who can maybe get Gronk to come in and you you know, I don't know. But the thing is, is you you can't say in one in one breath, yeah, these are only these are only two or three guys that we're not going to trade. And then when you hear rumors about another guy, you freaking all up in arms. Like that's part of that. There's a reason why you left them on that. I don't want, I don't want him traded. My, my point being is if they say culture fit doesn't work, that's bullshit. That that's the entire point of this segment. And what if they say, you know, you gave them extensions. You clearly committed to that culture fit. This freaking, whoever the writer was said culture fit. Yeah. If that's uh, that's what I'm saying. yeah, we're I going it, off. Man. We're going off of this article. <laughs> we're not going. I know off what you're saying, else. man. But it's like it's. I, I, I'm I'm trying to take this other side here. It's like, how often do you hear the people saying, you know, I, I dumped this guy I just signed last year because he's that bad. Carson Wentz, maybe when he got that deal, yeah. like that's pretty much it. You know, like you don't really see that happening. There's 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 got to be a plan moving forward if you're gonna I, I, I evaluate a talent. And pay them as such, and then move on from them really quick. There's got to be another another plan, and they're not just going to do it just to do it. Well, no, I'm not doing it just to do it. It's to cut their losses from an error, and that's and, which is I'm which I'm great with. You know what? You yeah, identified. You, it, you made it. Yeah, you, not not necessarily. We we've stuck with players that we should have gotten rid of a while ago. It's just it just doesn't make sense. You know, freaking John Gruden didn't want to make trades and trade back because I didn't get enough value. So I'm going to freaking draft a guy at four that I could have drafted at 12, even though they didn't give me what I want. Who gives a shit? He's still going to be there at 12. That's the other side of the coin when you look at these stubborn GMs. Like, no, I made a mistake. I can move on from it. I can cut my losses. Okay, let's go ahead and do it. It's, It's just the mistakes are piling up. And this is another one. And it's just, it's starting to wear on me. You want to do some Raider news? Sure, why not? First one, the Raiders have signed wide receiver Tyler Johnson to reserve future deal. He was uh, formerly of the Buccaneers. You're like, well, why do we care about a random wide receiver, Tyler Johnson, on a rookie contract? He's only on the uh, 90-man roster. What's that matter? Well, it's Ted Wynn of The Athletic Points Out. Signing a familiar Tom Brady target. He obviously played with the the Bucs and played with Tom Brady. Is that reading way too much into it? Or do you think there's something there? This could hint at the Raiders wanting Tom, luring Tom. Is this anywhere related to Tom Brady? Or is it just like, hey, maybe this is a guy that can help us? It's a pretty random guy. And it, it there is a tie there. So, I mean, I don't think that you you it, it's an extreme reach. I'm sure that maybe there's been some conversation even though there shouldn't be some conversation about, Hey, what are some guys that you like that maybe didn't get a chance? Is that, is that question? Does does correlation infer causality? Yeah, like, it doesn't like, necessarily, oh, but they, they are tied. That's a fact. Is it tied for a reason is my question. Yeah. It, it, anything that's tied together, you, you, you can, you can infer that there was a, there is a connection. So there's probably 20, Tyler Johnson's floating around right now, right? Like there's, there's probably 20 wide receivers of Tyler Johnson's skill set availability floating around right now. So why not let's pick say, the- let, Let's say stature, 
Because you don't know how good he really is. He could have been stashed for a reason or, you know, not given a chance because, you know, well, there are players ahead of him or whatever. But the, yeah, uh, but of that stature, my, yes. my point being, if, if, a wide, if, a, if a free agent wide receiver has X amount of value, right, like it costs this much to get him or it takes this much effort to grab him, right, there's probably 20 guys around him of that mm-hmm. same nature, right? If you got 20 guys that are all kind of the same in your eyes, why not get the guy that caught passes from Tom Brady? Right? Like if that's the tiebreaker, not a bad tiebreaker. Well. Might right? well. That's that's how I look at it. That's the tiebreaker. You know what I mean? It's like um, like every single fighter who fights in the UFC and then they get cut, every single time they're on the, the regional circuit, they get more money, they get main events, and on the poster, it's UFC veteran, whoever right? Because they were in the UFC. Now forever, they are branded a UFC fighter and they get the extra love for it. Moving forward, every single person who's caught a catch from Tom Brady is a Tom Brady wide receiver forever by virtue of catching a pass from Tom Brady. And that with some people can carry a level of value. I'm not saying it's going to, you know, everyone's going to want them and give them hundred million dollar contracts. I'm saying it carries a level of value to whatever the coach or GM thinks that value matters. Did they That's put like Showtime Strike Force veteran RJ Clifford? I didn't actually fight on Showtime, so that would be a liar. I was on the undercard of Strike Force, so I didn't make the Showtime broadcast. Damn. Yeah. I do use uh, All American Wrestler RJ Clifford, which is. A hundred percent true. Oh, that's no, that's it not is one hundred percent true. But You're all am, American, but I am literally and a wrestler, <laughs> literally the worst possible all American wrestler that you can be. So, to be an all American wrestler in D one, you got to make the top eight, right? D two, make the top eight at nationals, right? And it doesn't matter what you do in the season. If you make top eight, you're an all American, right? Same with D one, D two, D three, NAIA, and JUCO, the national JUCO uh, wrestling, right? If you make top eight, any of those, right? So, so D one's first, obviously, then D two, then D three, NAIA JUCO. In California, California is the only state out of the fifty who has their own college wrestling uh, tournament, right? So they, we don't do the national tournament; we just do the California because California is so big. If you get top four in California, you're an all American. In my sophomore year, I got fourth. So in the lowest possible tournament, I made the lowest possible level on the podium to be an All-American. So I am hand to God, tried and true, an All-American wrestler. But I'm literally the worst All-American wrestler that you can be. In your face. That's like being the worst masturbator ever. Like, you know what? I get the job done. No, no, no. It's the best masturbator of a guy with no hands. That's probably That's more dexterity right there. Yeah. Better scenario. Right. Uh, next piece of Raider news. Sean Payton. We were hoping we were praying that uh, he didn't go to the chargers, but there's a possibility he can go to the Broncos. He got interviewed. Here's more. Yeah, this is interesting, Andrew, because when this all started, the assumption was as soon as Sean Payton decides where he's going to go, then everyone else will know where they're going to go, and then the coaching searches will resume from there. It's now reached a different point, and if you go through the different places that Sean Payton has has interviewed, it does not seem like a second interview is coming with any of those places. First of all, the Carolina Panthers where where he already interviewed have Frank Reich, 
uh, and Steve Wilkes, along with Kellen Moore, in for second-slash-first interviews there. That seems to be the list as of now. You have the Denver Broncos, who seem to be focusing their attention elsewhere. Not saying he's out, but they do seem to be focusing elsewhere. You have the Houston Texans, who have not yet requested a second interview with Sean Payton. Then he's going to the Arizona Cardinals for a first interview. That is going to be tomorrow, assuming they get through the Dan Quinn interview and make no moves today. So what am I saying, Mike Arafolo? I'm saying that as of right now, it does not seem like there is a place for Sean Payton. We'll see, but it does not seem like there is a place in the coaching world right now. Sean Payton, most likely with no second interview, most likely not going to the Denver Broncos. Fantastic news. Fantastic news. Because that's what we were worried about, right? That he'd go to the AFC West or something and... You know, the real worry was that Brandon Staley would get fired and they'd get Sean Payton. That was my real concern, right? I'm trying to keep Brandon Staley. I don't think that the Spanos family is going to freaking fork up the money to pay Sean Payton. Thank God. I don't think they're going to fork up the money to pay a Justin Herbert. I think they may franchise him a couple times and see where they go and then just fucking. Well, trade it's him. under the salary cap, so they can pay. So they'll just pay other other people less like the, the coaching's outside the salary. Oh, cap, so that's just, that's extra money. That's extra money that you're not going to make up elsewhere. That's just psh, looking gone. That's just dust in the wind. So that's great news that Sean Payton's not going to the Broncos. My only concern though, is that maybe he's waiting for the chargers job. Cause that's a sweet job. Justin Herbert stack roster, LA new state. It's not your stadium, but a new stadium. Uh, You've been owning the, you know, you're you're the second best team in the con- in the division. That's that's my concern. Is he's like, you know what? I'll wait till they fire Staley. I rather I want to live in L.A. I want to have Justin Herbert for the next ten years. I'm waiting for that. That's that's my concern. So the short notice news is great. Most likely not going to the Broncos. Most likely not going anywhere. I'm worried he's waiting until now. It could be good. Maybe if Josh McDaniels doesn't make it next season. And we get some great gunslinger quarterback that Sean Payton falls in love with. Maybe he'd go to Las Vegas. Sean Payton in silver and black would look awesome. Remember, he was he was almost a Raider under Al Davis, the coach. Like he already had. He, he took the job. He figured he he pulled the, he pulled the JMD before JMD did. He had a silver. He said he had a silver and black suit already purchased to to take the job. And he Bill got himself to do it. Freaking so, bitch ass. Hopefully, well, he's a bitch ass until he's until the Raiders take him. No, no, I'm saying Bill Parcells. Oh, yeah. Talked him out of it. God damn it. Um, Another good news. Dylan Parnum named to the PFWA all-rookie team. His Parham, not Parnum. Parham. All-rookie team at guard, which is no small feat. Remember, he was a third rounder. He was a sixth guard taken in the draft. He was behind Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, Cole Strange, Ed Ingram, uh, Joshua Zudu, and... uh, Logan, Logan, uh, Logan Bruss. Now of those six guys, uh, Logan Bruss was actually after, um, Dylan, but of those five guys ahead of him, they were all starters other than Joshua. He was kind of rotational and he was put on injured reserve. So the fact that our third rounder sixth one taken made the all rookie team pretty great. Pretty good. Zion Johnson was the other one. So it wasn't like he beat Zion Johnson was the best rookie guard in football, but Dylan number two, not bad. He's been, Parm has been like a really like, he's a little bit like a B 
baby version of Derek Carr. He was been really controversial. Some people loved him, thought he was developing great. <clears throat> Other people hated him, thought he didn't play well. PFF didn't like him. Other analysts loved him. He was all over the place. All over the place with the analysts this season. Yeah, it, it was weird. It, he's a very polarizing uh, player, and you don't usually get that on the offensive line. Uh, <laughs> right? Who has strong opinions about rookie guards? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, Nobody does. Um, I mean, he may be a freaking killer center for us, so yeah, that'll be good. Ready to do some what-up winbacks? You know it. Koji, every hey, great my coach. My favorite. Even Saban, Jimmy Johnson, Bill Parcells, Tomlin, et cetera, says the same thing. I don't treat my players equally. I treat them fairly. That's how you lead men. Josh McDaniels doesn't understand what that means. Does he? How so? Does he? Does he not understand what that means? Is there any evidence that... Uh, <clears throat> is there any evidence that he treats everyone exactly the same? No. I mean, Josh McDaniels is certainly like, look, the, the record speaks for itself. But as far as this specific criticism of Josh McDaniels, I don't know if there's evidence that he's just like. The word that we've heard is consistent. He's consistent. Mm -hmm. um, and consistent is some, is a synonym for fairly, right? Like yeah, it's fair. You can, you, can, you, can, you can switch with, I don't treat my players equally. I treat them consistently. <laughs> that could make sense. Now, Saban, Johnson, Parcells, Tomlin were true have proven to be true leaders of men and that's been josh mcdaniel's downfall in the past but specifically this i don't treat them fairly or consistently i don't know if there's evidence it might be true but i haven't seen evidence of it i think koji's just reaching because he's you know a big fan of a dearly departed member of our team he I, always gives me a lot of shit i would i would say koji Saban, Johnson, Parcells, Tallman were like leaders of men coaches. Like smart X's and O's. Like, you know, Jimmy Johnson, good recruiter. Parcells, brilliant X's and O's. Tomlin knows how to handle egos and men. Like they all kind of have their strengths. And they're all better than that than Josh McDaniels. But I wouldn't say like that would be that would be my comparisons. Like, look, this is what Josh McDaniels can't do. He can't lead men like this. I wouldn't say like he doesn't understand equally versus fairly. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, Jeff, U Jeff Uyeda. Uyeda? Uyeda. The Raider fans that showed up to the 49ers and Chief games are true Raider fans in all caps. This is talking about how the last two games, last two home games of the season, the stands were 75% away fans because the tickets are super expensive and the Raiders were out of the playoffs, benched their quarterback, punting on the season. And so Raider fans are like, look, um, I can get 500 bucks for these seats. I'm going to get rid of them. It's not fair to me. Now, look, people who did keep the fans who did keep their tickets and attend those games. Die hard. Love you, boys. Good shit. Stick golden pony, boys. People who did sell those tickets for meaningless games. I can't knock them. It's I'm not going to shit talk. Nope. And, 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 Normally, don't give people outs. Like if you, if you say, "Oh, this guy's awesome for doing this," you generally have to say the person who does the opposite isn't good, right? Like we talk about. Um, I keep using UFC analogies because that's that's my main job. But like fighters who like fight anyone, anytime, anywhere, the cowboy Cerrones, guys like that. You're like, oh fuck yeah, those guys are awesome. Like 
they're down, right? So when they need a main event, they need someone to step in short notice. They'll do it. They'll entertain the fans. That's awesome. They, I love those guys. But then you can't say fighters that pick and choose who they want are strategic with their matchups. You can't say you love them too. Cause that's opposite, right? Like you can't be like, Oh no, they're just looking at what's best for them. It's like, well, then you can't love the guys that fight anywhere, anytime. Like you, they're polar opposites. This one you can, because when you have an opportunity to make 500, 600, 700 bucks and sell your tickets to rich Niners or chiefs fans that want to spend a weekend in Vegas. And if you're going to Vegas, you're there to blow money. Like money doesn't money. Isn't real. If you're spending a weekend in Vegas, right? Like, Look, if I could pay, if I can pay for my whole entire season tickets in two games, I might think about doing it. Or one yep. game, I think I might think about doing it. Right? And there are only there are only eight home games this season, right? And if you can sell two of them and be able to go to six games on the dimes of a Chiefs fan, like that's awesome. Like, hey, Look, Chiefs bro. fans, you paid for my season tickets. That money's Thanks, already bro. spent, right? My, that money's already spent. If I sell my Niners and Chiefs tickets and I can take that money and buy my tickets for next season, mm-hmm. I'm playing with house money, baby. Better than house money. You're paying with Chiefs money. Oh, bitches. Yeah. Potato yeah. eat ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Ronnie Poli. Hey Soto. Happy New Year, bro. Ronnie, happy take- New Year to you, man. So this was that this was sent January 20th. <clears throat> How far into January can you say happy new year? You know, there's been people who were traveling at the gym and came back like last week or this last week mm-hmm. on Monday, and I hadn't seen them yet, and they said happy new year, and it didn't seem weird. I think after January, it's like, all right, dude, if I haven't seen you in a month, just like shut, shut your trap. I love um so when it's on Christmas, I say Merry Christmas. When it's on New Year's, I say Happy New Year. If it's any other day, I say Happy Holidays. Not from this like, oh, I'm not, I'm atheist and I don't want to say Christmas. It's just, it's just easier just to combine them all. Happy like if Holidays. If it's December 18th, you be like, hey, Happy Holidays. This is your Merry Christmas. This is your Happy New Year's. This is your Happy Hanukkah. This is your Merry Kwanzaa. This is all of them. This is hey, just Joyous Happy Holidays. Kwanzaa. Whatever you want to do, like whatever it is, Happy Holidays. It's more, uh, it's more of an effort of like, it's more about function and laziness than like pinpointing the date. Happy holidays. Well, that's, what, that's what you're known for. Yep. Laziness and pinpointing dates. Be the name that's of my first book. The RJ Clifford story. That'd be a good book. All right. That's it for us. Um, we'll start doing some interviews. I know I teased it last week, but for realsies this time. We'll start doing some interviews. We'll keep an eye on this Tom Brady situation. Keep an eye on the Aaron Rodgers situation. We'll start getting into the draft a little bit more as April starts rolling through. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do something for the conference championships. Maybe something for the Super Bowl. We'll see. We'll figure it out. I'll be uh, fly. I'll be on an airplane heading home from Australia during the Super Bowl. You can believe that bullshit. God, I hope that Delta flight has Fox over the over the Pacific. If it, were, if it were just over the States, it'd be no problem. I'll watch it on the plane. I don't care. That's fine. Just pound international flight. You can drink as much booze as free. Hammered, watch football. That's a great way to kill like four hours of a 14-hour oh, flight. Like 14-hour right? flight, yeah. football. But if they don't have the games, it's just like, oh, God damn it. God damn it. That would suck. That would suck. But until then, knock on whatever you're with me.